0: Hello and welcome. I'm Chris Neeland, host of Cult Brand Secrets. This podcast is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and The Gathering. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit and it's a masterclass for brand leaders hoping to reap the benefits of having hyper-engaged customers, prospects, and staff. In every episode, I present one of industry's biggest disruptors, a brand leader who is earning cult-like status by thinking and behaving differently than his or her mediocre peers. These brand leaders will share examples of how their companies, such as Marvel, M&Ms, Beats by Dre, Yeti, or the Dallas Cowboys, are spending their time and their resources creating advocates by enhancing their customer and their employee experiences in ways that make interacting with them irresistible. So check out all our episodes to gain access to the most impressive business leaders sharing their most important advice. The very first podcast I hosted was a show called Inside the Glass. And I did it with my business partner and our very first guest was this guy named Jason White. Back then, Jason was the head of marketing at Beats by Dre. And at one point during our interview, I asked him about mentors and the role of role models. And without hesitation, he started gushing about Morgan Flatley. He and Morgan had worked together at an ad agency at the start of Jason's career, and he was just so complimentary of Morgan that we knew that we needed to speak with her as well. And that was several years ago, and since then, we've gotten to know Morgan better, and she has recently been promoted to the Global Chief Marketing Officer at McDonald's. That is a big job for a big international brand that is beloved by young and old the world over. In this episode, Morgan is joined by Alyssa Butikofer, who is the CMO of McDonald's Canada. Their presentation is more Q&A style, and it's obvious that they just have so much respect for each other. And I'm grateful that they were able to participate in the gathering and share some of their collective wisdom. Now, I would suggest it's probably best to consume this episode as like a four course meal that takes place over 40 minutes. Course number one where they start is gonna be very personal. It's going to give us a glimpse at the women behind this brand. You know, both Morgan and Alyssa are working moms and they're thriving despite pandemics and the daily pressures of growing a cult brand while also trying to get home for dinner or to take the kids to soccer practice. Course number two is gonna shed some light on how McDonald's navigated COVID-19 and how they learned to make adjustments that allowed them to keep their stores open, keep their employees employed, and to literally feed the world. Course number three will dive into details about one of their most successful campaigns of all time, something that they call Famous Orders. This was really this gutsy call that Morgan had to make that ended up spiking McDonald's relevance and really re-energizing the brand in a meaningful way. And course number four is going to be some advice. It's like the dessert. Morgan and Alyssa were kind enough to end their remarks with some real practical tips for other marketers and brand builders who are keen to try to mimic even just a fraction of McDonald's success. All right, that's enough of a preamble. Let's enjoy this presentation from McDonald's.
1: All right. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here with you today. I'm Morgan Flatley. I'm the global CMO of McDonald's, um, and I want to introduce my colleague and partner, Alyssa Butikoffer. Alyssa? Hi, everybody. It's great to be with you today. My name is Alyssa
2: Butikoffer, and I am the CMO of McDonald's Canada.
1: And before we get started, I just want to say um, how honored we are to be recognized today at the gathering. Um, It's really a proud moment for me um, and I know for Alyssa. So we're thrilled to be here with you all and really appreciate the recognition.
2: Well, to start, Morgan, um, I know you very well from my U.S. days working with you and now uh, in your global CMO role but I'm sure that everybody would like to get to know you better over the course of this session. And I'm curious, if you think back to 10-year-old Morgan, would she be surprised to see you in the role you're in now as the global CMO of McDonald's?
1: Oh, that's such a fun question. Um, So 10-year-old Morgan, that feels like a long, long time ago. (laughs) But, you know, I never, like, I never dreamed of being in a big kind of marketing job, Um, and I really just followed jobs that I loved. I always followed jobs that I loved, and I followed people that I loved. So, you know, I've had the the pleasure, I guess, of working with a number of just incredible leaders, and, and that was, you know, that was part of what kept me motivated. So, it was always about doing what I love, surrounded by people that I really enjoyed working with.
2: Well, I'm sure if she could see you now, she would be very proud, Morgan. Well, thank you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about your path uh, to get to global CMO of McDonald's?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'd say my marketing career started in advertising. So my first, you know, my first marketing job was at Saatchi & Saatchi a long time ago. Saatchi & Saatchi in New York. That's where I kind of developed this, like, real um, appreciation, I would say, for great creativity, respect for great creativity, um, and you know, an understanding that my role was to kind of nurture and foster it. And I think that's been really a theme throughout my career. Um, from Sachi, I went to business school. I realized while I was there that I, I knew a little bit about marketing, but I knew nothing about business. Um, I remember I'd never used an Excel spreadsheet. So I had a lot of learning to do. Um, And then I went to PepsiCo um, for about 14 years. And and a bulk of that time was on Gatorade, on the Gatorade brand. I know there are a handful of Gatorade alum at the gathering. Um, And it was really a special, special business and brand to work on because we had real purpose around athletes. I had grown up as an athlete. Um, it was a fabulous team who were all really motivated around serving athletes. And then from there, I came to McDonald's. So I got this call about um, coming to be the US CMO at McDonald's. And as someone who has always loved this brand and saw the opportunity, um, I took I took the job. And it's been an incredible five years. Alyssa and I have worked together for most of those five years, um, or actually all of those five years. Um, you know, four and a half of them in the U.S., which was a really challenging, but also really exciting time for the business. And we've made great, great progress. And then the last six months in this this global CMO role, which, you know, I'm slowly kind of adjusting and getting out into the market. I was in Canada probably six weeks ago with Alyssa, which was fabulous. Um, And starting to really see how the brand shows up just around the world, which is which is really, really powerful um, for me to see and observe.
2: We've been so lucky to have you, Morgan. And I do want to talk more about your time in the U.S. and in the globe. And we can talk about all the fun we have had working together over the past five years. But I do have a very important question for you. You are a mom to young children. You have been uh, a motivation for me as I've you know, expanded my family and, and grown up in the roles that I have in McDonald's. I would just love to hear more about being a parent to young kids, how that's influenced your path and how you've been able to um, really do do it all, uh, working for one of the biggest brands and leading one of the biggest brands.
1: Well, I don't know that I do it all. I don't know that that's possible. I, I think, um... There's certainly days that my kids and my husband would say that I am not doing it all. (laughs) Um, But I do, I have three uh, young-ish children. It's funny when you asked about my 10-year-old self, I do have a daughter who's 10. And um, when she talks about what she wants to be, she wants to be an artist, she wants to be a mom. And I think most recently... um, she was saying she wants to be a professional soccer player. So I'm I'm not sure where she'll fall in all of that. But um, So I have an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old, and then a 6-year-old. And I will say it is chaos, um, but it's wonderful chaos, and I've gotten very comfortable in it. I mean, Alyssa, you know, you've got three kids who are a little bit younger than mine, and therefore it's much, much more chaotic. Um, But I will say it's part of what keeps me going, kind of the being a mom, um, but then also being a working woman and trying to balance the two, but also knowing how important it is for young men and women who are starting their careers to see people, Alyssa, like you and me, um, who are figuring out how to do it. And I'd say it's not always graceful. There's certainly some mornings when it is a mess. but we figure it out. And I get really fed by both. So I get really fed by my time with my kids um, and I get really fed by work. And I think because they're so different, like it helps me let go of work when I get home and need to be with my kids. I will say, because I thought about this a lot during the pandemic, and I think you know, for working parents, it's not just working moms, but for working parents, the pandemic was so, so intense. Um, Being home with three kids who were, you know, homeschooling in the beginning. um, And I was fortunate that my kids did get back to school. Um, You know, my husband was working from home. I was working from home. It was super intense. But there were also moments of like magic. And I've said to people, you know, never in my life did I think I would have dinner with my kids every single night. And I did for almost two years. And that's now something that we've maintained. So I've tried to hold on to some of those like really magical gifts that I was given during the pandemic because we were all home together. Um, But it was also incredibly challenging. I know for all for everyone, but, but I know for parents who had kids at home, it was really difficult. Um, but I'll say it's just, it's a role that I take very um, seriously, kind of as a leader who has young children and think about a lot.
2: Well, just know, Morgan, that you've been an inspiration to so many of us, myself included. Um, y- you were a great role model when uh, we'd see your little ones show up on our Zooms and you were unapologetic because you, you couldn't be any other way. It was just life in the pandemic. So just thank you and know that you've impacted me and, and many of us.
1: Yeah. You know, I've, it's you mentioned that. I've thought about it a bunch and that what I felt the pandemic helped with is bring like humanity and who we all are into our work lives. And, you know, you know, the story, Alyssa, I've shared it a few times that there was this moment early in the pandemic. So it was like late March, early April, when we were all home and the US leadership team was meeting three times a day, um, every day. And one of those calls was at six o'clock at night, which for anyone who has young children is an incredibly challenging time. And um, my son Wesley kind of stepped into the camera, totally naked you know, cause he was getting ready for bath time and there was no way to hide it. Uh, you know, I think he now is legendary with the U S leadership team, but what it's what it resulted in was, you know, us deciding as a leadership team that six o'clock at night was not a good time to have a call. Um, and so we shifted the times earlier. And I think being open about what was going on at home, being, you know, transparent about it, letting it all kind of blur together, you know, helped us figure out how to make it work for people.
2: Yeah. Um, I wish I had been on that call. It sounds, sounds hilarious, but really just thank you for being a human and, and, you know, showing us all that, uh, you, you have to be transparent in in your work life. You can't, you can't separate the two. So thank you. Um, speaking of the pandemic, Morgan, um, Obviously, the last couple of years have changed all of our lives on an everyday basis, but there also have been um, changes to how the McDonald's brand has evolved. Can you talk about how the pandemic has impacted the evolution of the McDonald's brand?
1: Yeah, I mean I again, as as challenging and difficult and, you know, disruptive as it was, I think for the McDonald's brand, we really shown through the pandemic um, as a brand and as a business and certainly, um, you know, in terms of our marketing. Um, and, you know, I think about it all the time because I'll say like right now and Alyssa, you and I have talked about it. It's like, how do we hold on to some of the magic that we were able to create as a brand through the pandemic? Um, and so I think a few things happen. Like we, We got off of this promotional, um, you know, treadmill that we were on, going kind of promotional window to promotional window. And we were really forced um, to stop and think about what the consumer needed to hear from us. What, you know, what is at the heart of our brand? And how do we connect with consumers during this, you know, incredible, unprecedented you know, scary, disruptive time. And, you know, as a result, I think we really got super clear on the McDonald's brand and our voice and what we stand for and how we connect with people. And, you know, we really started to think about, you know, how our role is around delivering, especially in the pandemic, one being open. So we stayed open in the U.S. throughout the whole pandemic. Um, and being there to serve, you know, familiar, delicious, craveable food to people in a safe way. Um, And then as we started to kind of move through, you know, some of the most challenging times, we were able to be there to bring people together around kind of a really fun meal. And a great example of that that, you know, Alyssa, you're familiar with, because you were still in the U.S. business at this point, is the work we did with Thank You Meals. So, You know, we served, I think, over 12 or 13 million thank you meals to first responders in the U.S. free um, for a two-week period. Um, And that was a great example of how our brand really wanted to be present in communities and giving back to people who had been, you know, serving communities during the really challenging months early in the pandemic. So I think we have an example of, of that of that work
0: our incredible crew proudly served more than 10 million thank you meals to first responders and healthcare workers it was an honor to meet you an honor to thank you and it was our honor to serve you
2: it was a proud uh moment for sure morgan and just a great example of living our values and i I think you're so right that um we Uh, really took the time to make sure that we were focused on what mattered to consumers and what our brand stood for. I I completely agree. And I know that there are great examples, not just in the U.S., but in other markets around the world, as well as how of how other countries showed up during the pandemic to help their communities. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, the campaign from Singapore?
1: Yeah, this was I remember when I saw this and even even today, I find myself getting choked up when I when I look at this case study. Um, so in Singapore, and again, it, it's, part of it was getting really clear on what our brand stands for, which is bringing people together around delicious food, delicious, reliable food that's kind of available to everyone. Um, and in Singapore, they realized a number of families could not be together during Ramadan because the borders had been shut down. And how could McDonald's help to bring families together to break fast um, at the end of Ramadan? So this is a really, really special um, piece of creative that again, shows our role in feeding and fostering community um, during the pandemic.
2: It's such a great example of how marketing can answer real human needs and and really bring people together across borders. I I love it. It's, It's great. Thank you for sharing that, Morgan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for any marketer, like being very honest with where your brand stands with consumers is critical. Um, and I, I think prior to the pandemic and as we got into the pandemic, you know, we were realizing that McDonald's had become, um, you know, consumers, I think, had become, I'd say, a little um, apathetic about McDonald's. And we wanted to truly build kind of connection with consumers and brand advocacy. Um, And so there are a few ways. I mean, one is just talking about these examples, whether it be thank you meals um, or um, happy table that really reinforce McDonald's role for consumers. But then the other thing we did, which has certainly been a passion area of mine, is how do we use creativity and how do we get the brand kind of tied back into culture um, and do that through great creativity. And, you know, there's a line from Ray Kroc, uh, one of our founders early on who talked about, you know, we're not in the hamburger business. We're actually in show business. And, you know, I think the McDonald's brand has this ability because of um, how big we are, um, how ubiquitous we are how connected we are to consumers' lives everywhere around the world to actually really be part of culture. And I think one of the things we've done through the pandemic is to start to really reconnect our brand with culture, um, to take risks. I talk about it around creative bravery. um, And in some ways, I think that helps to kind of jolt consumers to think about our brand a little bit differently. And that's certainly uh, one of the things we've done over the last few years. Yeah. So you know exactly what I want to talk about
2: then. It's Famous Orders. I know everybody wants to hear about how this campaign came to life, um, how you uh, put the brand squarely back into culture, and a little bit about the risk-taking decision-making that that you made in this moment. This is is such a pivotal campaign and platform for the brand, not just the brand, but, but also for the industry. We'd love to hear more, Morgan.
1: Um, you know, Alyssa, I'm I'm glad you asked. It was such a special moment. I think, you know, for me, for the team, for the business, for the brand, for for all of us. Um, and just thinking back on how we got there, you know, when we brought Wyden and Kennedy, New York, onto the business, they helped us really focus on what we call fan truths and getting really clear on those specific things that fans of McDonald's talk about and love about the brand. And it can be everything from our food to this one insight, which was everyone has kind of their go-to McDonald's order. You have yours, I have mine, and even the biggest celebrities around the world have their go-to McDonald's order. And that was this idea that kind of lingered around for a while we did a Super Bowl spot that kind of touched on it. Um, and then in the heart of the pandemic, you know over the summer, we decided we were going to put additional investment behind a big marketing campaign. And you know there was this commitment from the top of the organization that the business was strong and we should really put big investment behind, A, marketing idea that could help drive the business. And, you know, I still remember as the CMO at the time, I mean, that that was like a pretty hefty challenge. Um, What are you going to do to really accelerate the business with this significant incremental investment? And we put a team on it and they had a bunch of ideas. And one of the ideas was this famous orders idea using Travis Scott. And I remember, you know, the first time they presented it to me, I was like, I don't know. Like, do you guys really think that's going to help drive drive the business? It's a great idea, but is it going to help drive the business? And it it truly speaks. I mean, one of the lessons for me was you surround yourself with great people and you trust them. And, you know, I'm fortunate where I am surrounded with great, great people, whether that be The team in the U.S. at the time, um, Wyden and Kennedy, many of our other agency partners, and they kept pushing on the idea. And needless to say, it came to fruition um, and it was a real game changer for our business. Um, it was so unexpected that McDonald's was partnering with Travis, that we had this, you know, meal that was his go-to meal from McDonald's since he was a kid in Houston. Um, it had, you know, t-shirts for our crew. So our crew were a part of the program. It had, you know, this great merch line that sold out almost overnight. Um, and it really put the brand back into culture. Um, and And I think I think consumers had a lot of fun with it. And I'd say another lesson for me as a CMO is willingness to let go of your brand a little bit. I mean, consumers created artwork. They found new ways to order. They had so much fun coming through the drive-through um, and ordering the Travis Scott meal that you know if you find something that's so authentic to your brand and really gets it in the cultural zeitgeist and then let go of it a little bit, magic can happen. So it, it was an incredible time. And it's something that we've just continued to build on the lessons that we took out of, of that experience.
2: Absolutely. And it was so much fun. Um, and it was really fun to come together as a team uh, and, and bring it all to life. And it really was about evolving our iconic brand. Um, and I think it's going to live on in history. Morgan, I would love to hear, because you really did trust your team. You really did take an innovative approach to bringing that platform to life. Do you have any advice for other marketers in the room for how they make sure that they are instilling some of the same decision-making and doing a perception check on their brands uh, in informing their decisions?
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's really... It's really hard to do, but it is perhaps the most important thing you can do as kind of a marketing leader or a marketer in general, but especially if you're leading an organization, which is, you know, you've got to have some truth tellers around you and you have to be open to accepting that things might not be as you perceive they are. Um, And I think, you know, we had perhaps become really safe and comfortable um, you know, in the US business uh, at McDonald's from a marketing perspective. And you know, I was fortunate to kind of surround myself and Alyssa, you were one of the people, but like surround myself with a handful of people who really would tell me the truth about where the business was, where consumers were and what kind of risks we needed to take. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it a fair bit. Wyden was certainly another one of those those truth tellers, who and we when we hired them, when we awarded them the business, we wanted them to challenge us, and they did. Um, but always in a really collaborative way, always leading with the consumer, always leading with the brand, always leading with culture. You know, and whether it be Famous Orders or some other programs we did, you know, I remember calling people on the team and really asking, are you sure this is what we should be doing? And there was so much conviction that you have to follow that. You know, you have to surround yourself with great people um, who you trust and ask the hard questions and then, you know, take the risks. And that's certainly what we did and it certainly paid off. But you know, for marketers, I think ask the hard questions, don't be afraid to admit where you've got work to do and then surround yourself with great, great people who will push you to be better and to take more risks.
2: That's great advice. Thank you for sharing, Morgan. I think there's a one other piece of advice that um, I know is a mantra of yours and that is to lead with creative bravery. And I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about how you do that and how McDonald's is doing that around the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe creativity, and and obviously the way we market and how we connect with consumers is changing dramatically, but I believe creativity is what ultimately drives people to like pay attention and engage with your brand. Um, And, you know, I think in today's world where, I mean, we all, everyone in the room knows this, where we're like bombarded with messages, taking risks, being brave is what gets people to pay attention. So we've really worked on, you know, building creative bravery into the McDonald's organization. So you talked about famous orders, I've talked about famous orders, that's a great example. But there's another example um, from the Philippines where one of our, um, where our market there on Mother's Day, I think ran a great program that is another example of creative bravery and just a little bit of background. So Mother's Day is like the Super Bowl um, in the Philippines. So it's when people are really, truly paying attention to the creative and it's a fairly conservative country. And so we've got a great example of a piece of creative that celebrates kind of the different types of families that it can exist and really shines a spotlight on on what mothers mean and how there can be non-traditional families.
2: Morgan, I have a question for you. I'm curious if you can share any examples where McDonald's has created culture around the world.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. There's a great example um, from our team in Japan where they took advantage of the sound of our fry, of our fry machines. Um, and I'm gonna actually let the CMO from Japan share it in a little bit more detail. So I'm gonna turn it over to Fusako.
3: Hi everyone, I'm Fusako Tunaiden, Chief Marketing Officer at McDonald's Japan. And today I would like to introduce a very exciting TikTok campaign targeting the younger generations. Past few years, we have been thinking how we can attract younger generation even more, and how we can make many young people feel that McDonald's brand is brand for me. One day, we found a video on YouTube where a musician was composing music using the Ti the sound we hear when we are fries are fried at McDonald's that every single youngster knows in Japan.
2: <laughs>
3: when we saw that movie, we all felt that that's it. We are immediately inspired. That was so eye-opening. And we are really confident that this one small creative idea can bring a lot of customers into a brand. If we uploaded a video of dancing with these sounds to TikTok, we thought that many young people would create their own versions and upload them and spread them. And our hunch was spread. We did it. More than 90,000 versions of the Tiroli tune were uploaded to TikTok, and the number of views exceeded 200 million times.
1: The world's best
0: known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.
1: I actually have a question for you, Alyssa, if I can turn turn the table for a second. Um, I'd love to hear about some work that you've done in Canada that's, you know, really brought the McDonald's brand to life in one, in one way or another?
2: Turning the tables on me. Okay. Um, we really took some inspiration from the U.S. fan truth work. And we brought a campaign to market earlier this year that we call Famously Good. And it was the perfect intersection of consumer truths with product truths. And uh, the the campaign that I'd love to share with all of you is really about finding the last fry in the bag when you think you've eaten them all, but there's one leftover and everybody knows that that last bag fry is the best fry.
1: It's, it's such a great piece of work. And I love that fan truth. I think we can all relate to it when you like dig down into the bag and find that last fry. Um, it's... Just a little moment of joy. Uh, so it's such a great, such a great example of that.
2: Yeah, it's also a fun one because it's it's not just fun to bring to life in video. We were able to do so many great social extensions and really have fun with it. Um, which I think, when you find a real fan truth, you you can do that so authentically, and that's just a great example, and one that travels across borders as well.
1: Yeah, that's great.
2: Okay. Um, so Morgan, this has been so fun. I just have one last question to close out the session. I would really like to hear from you, and I think everybody would, what your top priorities are now as global CMO of McDonald's leading into the future.
1: Gosh. So I said, I've been in the role for six months and I'm, I think I have finally like crystallized on kind of three priorities that I have. Um, and it's funny, it'll, It'll connect through most of the discussion we've had. Um, the first is about surrounding myself, surrounding the business, surrounding the brand with diverse talent and with great people. Um, you know, I really believe at the end of the day, it's all about the people. and you know one of my real focus areas is to ensure McDonald's is kind of this enviable community of marketing talent around the world. Um, so that's one the second again no surprise is creative bravery and um, i think it's really hard to do and we've we've found these really amazing um, pockets of great creativity around the globe and how do I continue to fan that and um, build that across across the globe for McDonald's and then the third which you know i'm sure is on, every marketer's mind is just how do we evolve our marketing model? And, you know, I think we have really great creative muscles at McDonald's, but in a world that's becoming um, much more uh, one-to-one, much more enabled through data and technology and innovation, how do we think about evolving that for McDonald's, but also ensuring it's always underpinned by Great creativity that connects with consumers. So, those are my three talent, uh, creativity, and then just the evolution of how we think about marketing in the future.
2: Those sound like the right focus areas to me. Um, and I'm certainly excited to be going on this journey with you and helping to to continue to build the love for brand McDonald's.
1: Well, Alyssa, thank you. It's so good to see you. It's great to have a chat with you about all of this. Um, And I will just say on behalf of everyone at the gathering in Banff, thank you um, for providing McDonald's to the group. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying it and picking those last fries out of the bottom of the bag. Um, But it's really great to see you today.
2: Thank you, Morgan, for sharing uh, all your journey and thoughts for the future. Um, And thank you to our Banff restaurant team for uh, delivering the delicious food that you're all enjoying. We hope you have a great rest of the conference.
0: I remember the first time my team and I evaluated McDonald's as a nominee for The Gathering. Of the eight cult brand principles that we use to vet potential honorees, the one that McDonald's scored best in was the principle about creating rites and rituals. And that's really unusual. Most brands actually aren't that expert at that particular principle. But without getting into too much detail on how rites and rituals work, just consider for a moment these iconic things like the Happy Meal and the toy inside that is so often aligned with some merchandising deal with the latest Disney movie or superhero franchise or consider the playgrounds that exist at many McDonald's that have sort of become these birthday destinations for young kids. Or think about some of their limited time menu items like the McRib or the Shamrock Shake. Or consider McDonald's masterful use of the annual Monopoly game. You know, this is really at the end of the day just a hamburger company but it has found numerous ways to stay relevant in each and every season, year after year, decade after decade. By doing these things, they have become synonymous not just with fast food, but with family and with fun. They make good burgers, but more impressively, they have this great brand and this remarkably consistent customer experience. I'm personally grateful for the hard work and grit that this organization showed during the pandemic. They not only kept people employed, but they fed so many families. You know, I I personally, I have three teenage boys. They were all living at home during COVID and they would literally have McDonald's delivered to the house a couple of times a week, usually for late night snacks or second dinner that they would have around 10 or 11 p.m. McDonald's food literally helped them stay sane during the craziness of lockdowns and social distancing. I'm also thankful to Morgan for surprising all of the gathering attendees who were with us in Banff last April with an irresponsible amount of burgers, nuggets, and french fries. She had coordinated with a local franchisee to cater lunch to a thousand of our guests and. Everyone was just so excited. It was fun and a bit shocking to see these distinguished vice presidents and CEOs all scrambling over each other when they learned that there was free McDonald's that had been set up outside of the conference hall. You know, I believe that Morgan is a remarkable person and a tremendous brand leader. McDonald's is in good hands under her watchful eye. And anyone listening who wants to improve how they connect with customers and employees, would do well to follow her advice and to mirror her character. Until next time. You've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we share the best insights gleaned from The Gathering, an annual summit for brand leaders eager to make their companies more successful and more significant. Learn more about The Gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please rate and review us in your podcast app. Cult Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Special thanks to our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as our executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening. Mad Magazine, advertising mascots, B movie posters, and cartoons. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at 2
1: com, and listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.